Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Ops Confessions. I'm Laura Abair. I'm the Demand Gen Manager here at Madkudu. And today we have Jana Clan at PandaDoc. Panda Welcome, Jan. Hi, thanks for having me, Laura. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, so, of course, housekeeping, if you've never attended one of these live episodes before is that we do have the chat here on the right hand side. We do welcome that you um, add to the conversation with others in the audience if you have questions for Jan throughout the conversation, but also we'll make sure to have time at the end for you to ask questions as well. So welcome everyone. Um, Jan, yeah, so we'll get we'll get kicked off and I, I really like to start just understanding how you ended up in marketing ops. Yeah. So as you mentioned, my first, uh, my current role is marketing operations here at PandaDoc. And uh, PandaDoc is the first business um, and first team that I joined out of college, um, let alone in this industry of B2B SaaS sales, let alone in the specific role of uh, marketing operations. Mm -hmm. um, so when I first joined PandaDoc, I joined in a very entry level, like demand generation role. Um, it was labeled as demand generation, but it was more of a kind of a data cleaning and a kind of almost performance marketing role. Okay. Um, so my, my background, like from college going into PandaDoc was really numbers driven, uh, statistics and economics was what I was studying. Um, so. When I joined Panadox, the biggest point of interest for me is really this quantitative and analytical approach to marketing. Um, previous to getting familiar with the industry, I always thought marketing was like ads, copy, design, right. you know, for all those creative types, not for the number of crunching nerds like me. But um, in uh, my entry level role, like a lot of it was like, list bit building, data cleaning, like contact enrichment, um, like account uh, cleanup, and a lot of manipulation of like individual objects in Salesforce. Um, specifically, if you want to put a more generic label on it, like it was a lot of like audience management and getting okay. started for like different, uh, basically helping augment the rest of the marketing team and building out um, audiences for I don't know, a webinar promotion or maybe an outbound or an account-based campaign, but it was all like object-oriented and like CRM cleanup. So from there, um, I think you can kind of start to connect the dots, how that yeah. lends itself towards marketing operations itself, especially with a lot of the CRM work. But I know for me, my main um, foot in the door into this world of operations was really working cross-functionally with our yeah. SDR and sales team. Um, the reality is that like I can build the cleanest list, um, define the most specific audiences and have the best message. But if I don't have the right buy-in or adoption from the SDR and sales team, my campaign is not going to be as successful as it can be. So Right. There's a need for a strong sales and marketing relationship. So I found myself working um, kind of across the aisle more frequently than you'd find uh, your typical like demand generation manager. And that coupled with a lot of the CRM work and a lot of the uh, technical know-how, like getting sales loft and HubSpot like up to date, it was much less than a hop, skip and a jump into marketing operations itself. So that's the 40,000 foot view um, yeah. going from college to entry level to this thing we call marketing operations. Yeah. And so you mentioned by title, it was demand gen, but you ended up doing a lot of this audience management, data cleaning, CRM cleaning. And you also mentioned that you really had, um, you really have a strength on the analytical side. So was that in the job description, any of like this data cleanup stuff or because of your your natural skill set to kind of see and work in these things? That's just where the job went. Yeah, so for, I guess, going from college to this entry-level demand gen role, the exact skills were 
one, the hard and obvious one was like, are you good with Excel and good with the worksheets? And me coming from like statistics and statistical consulting, the answer was yeah. And um, the soft skill naturally was like more analytical. Can you like review the performance of campaigns, uh, review the uh, testing and experimentation with different audiences? And of course, uh, the answer for me was yes as well, again, with that statistics background. So going and joining demand gen and that energy level position, uh, those were the skills that brought me to Pandadoc. But when it kind of evolved more into marketing operations, of course, like those hard and soft skills help, especially the analytical piece. But yeah, a very important uh, skill I had to start to lean into was a lot of internal communication and a lot of mm -hmm. just leadership and ownership. Because like, frankly, like it might not be perfectly within my role to like, do SDR enablement or do like sales enablement, especially in the early stages of Panadoc. But like, I, I had to do it if I want my campaigns to be successful. Right. So what, you know, what most folks call this is a lot of cross-functional work. <laughs> the, you know, more professional way of saying wearing a lot of hats. But if you lean into that, like, you'll find that um, a lot of successful marketing operators or really anyone in revenue operations they thrive in a cross-functional role, um, like how I was starting to emulate just for the sake of getting my campaigns off the ground and getting any sense of success out of it. Yeah. And so it seems like you weren't necessarily like asked or, you know, told like you have to reach out to these people, but you cared about who you were serving or the, the end goal. And it, it supported you and what you were trying to accomplish as well. Right. Because like, I think every startup and every, that team learns this eventually, but like you, ha you had to be strong business partners between like, so have a strong business partner, like relationship between sales mm -hmm. and marketing. If you want to have like any sense of scaling and success, um, you know, it's an age old, uh, kind of like an age old, like topic of like sales and marketing, always butting heads, but like yeah. most companies that do grow, they learn how to grow past that and learn how to start to shake hands, um, more professionally, more consistently, and uh, get that alignment. And some, I know at least for Panadoc, a lot of that alignment came from building out a centralized like RevOps and marketing operations function. Yeah, and so how did you facilitate these cross-functional relationships? Was it like asking questions? Did you find a friend on the sales team and get um, special insights? Um, how did you? Yeah, how did you build that relationship and even foster the trust with other departments? Yeah, I mean, short answer is all of the above. Um, but I know for me specifically, um, it happened almost organically because mm -hmm. my boss at that time, he was based in San Francisco and our Salesforce admin at the time, he was based in San Francisco. Whereas I was based uh, here in the Tampa Bay area where we were building out the SDR team. So I was for a while, the only marketing representation in the Tampa Bay area, or at least on East coast hours, let alone like anyone with any sense of like kind of operational support. So like kind of organically for those first three hours, like I was the go-to guy for like a lot of like marketing or operational support, at least servicing like the SDR team. So like that helped build a lot of trust with uh, the, the SDR team and that helped me kind of turn around and say, Hey, SDR team, I need your help in getting this outbound campaign or getting this uh, cadence better adopted. Um, because that's ultimately how you kind of build, uh, not to keep score, but like build that social credit and help build trust internally. So that yeah, it was, sounds a lot like you had proved, yeah. proved value to the SDR team. So when it came time, for you to um, ask for some support, some support from them or a favor, they're like, of course. <laughs> right, because like, again, like I know at least in B2B SaaS and especially the sales assisted part of the funnel, like most of your marketing campaigns are gonna be as successful as your SDR team is. Um, right. That's gonna be the reality for a lot of, uh, again, these sales assisted funnels and Panadoc is not really an exception. Yeah, I know I found when I 
got into the B2B tech side of things. You know, I was more in a demand gen role, but I knew that I was tied to some of the same goals and numbers as the sales team. And there were still a, quite a few things for me to learn. And I was like, the way for me to accomplish my goals, which are very similar to the sales goals, I have to ask them some questions. So like, I want to learn more about like what makes their job easier, what makes it harder, how are they reaching these goals? And from there, just like a beautiful partnership developed and I would joke that like you know I was I was the mole for the sales team because you know helping them help helped me mm -hmm. yeah the way I view the relationship is um I view like the SDR team and these days uh, the demand gen team as well as basically my internal like my internal customers right of course like if you're a paying PandaDoc uh, customer, like you're a customer of PandaDoc. So like for me internally, especially in operations, I, I'm not interfacing with like external paying PandaDoc customers, but I am interfacing all day with the SDR and demand gen and revenue marketing right. teams. So in a sense that they're, they're my customers. So like a lot of what I'm building, whether it's reporting automation or just defining processes and documentation, I'm delivering that to my customers here. And if I can get feedback from the SDR team, if I can get critiques from the demand gen team, that will help me improve what I'm delivering to them and ultimately uh, build value for the specific type of funnel teams and ultimately for the company as a whole. Yeah. So. Can you you bring up a point about like the, the critiques from the team or input. So how do you balance between like, when you and I had met, you kind of mentioned like taking in like the noise versus like the valuable input and how like you move forward as like a partner or a resource for your internal customer. Yeah. So I'll, I guess, continue with the analogy, right? Um, yeah. If PandaDoc wants to be successful in selling PandaDoc the product to software companies mm -hmm. we need to understand what software companies software sales teams need PandaDoc for what kind of pain points does a sales team have so it makes sense to sell them PandaDoc. similarly i need to understand like what are the pain points that the demand gen team has all right the demand gen team is telling me like hey i don't have like the best visibility into our internal lead scoring it's like okay um and like if i can build out this documentation or like build out like rules and transparency around our lead scoring, like what would that enable you to do? It's like, well, if I have better mm -hmm. visibility into our lead scoring, I can bring in more leads that have a high quality, uh, high quality stamp according to our lead scoring model. So from there, that's basically what you call a user story, right? For your customer. Um, so to complete the analogy, if, if I am a sales rep at a software company, um, I would like to send documents faster so I can close more deals. So, all right, then you might want a tool like PandaDoc. If I am a demand gen manager here at PandaDoc, I would like better transparency into our lead scoring so that I can drive more high quality traffic. So once you have a user story, that makes it clear to marketing operations, what is it that I need to build? And of course, how do I prioritize that against the user stories of the SDR team, the other user stories from the demand gen team, uh, from the content team, et cetera. Yeah, so I love how have that. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking like what you're calling the user story could also be like the why of, you know, I think this touches on what many in marketing operations struggle with is like just being requested to do tasks, right? And that's great. You can do it. You know how. But once you say like, but what happens once I implement this? What's the goal? Like how you're saying, like, yes, transparency. And it could end there. But like, what do you accomplish when you have that transparency? And so is that something that through the relate, like getting to that why or that user story, is that different things that you're putting together when your sales team asks you or have they learned from working with you that they need to say the why or what goal they're trying to accomplish beyond the task? Uh, the former more than the latter, but I mean, mm -hmm. both apply, right? Um, especially the folks that I've been working with a long time, like 
be just an expectation that like, hey, we're gonna go through this discovery of like, all right, what is it that you truly need? Like, I know at the end of the day, you're an SDR, you wanna build pipeline for your AE team. It's like, all right, mm -hmm. how, how are you gonna accomplish this? Like, well, I need better, um, I don't know, I'm making something up. Like I need better like lead routing so I can route specific company sizes to these specific reps that are trained on this. And if we can do this, and then maybe we can expect a better conversion for these company sizes for, it's like, all right, that's that helps gather the requirements. The opposite of this is like, I in marketing operations, I can build the best lead routing in the world, but who, who cares? Um, right. Maybe I do, but like, and like, but like, it makes more sense to like understand what, it, like, what is your internal customers like dealing with today? And then can you build a product to address it instead of like, you know, just building it, uh, building out a lead routing system when all along your team needs actually just reporting. Um, so that the entire purpose of going through this discovery is again, like, how do we make sure we prioritize like, your marketing ops resources appropriately. Because if I have an hour, I can spend it on building the best lead routing in the world, or I can spend it on defining uh, like our lead scoring rules, which is gonna drive the highest impact. Um, happy to do both, but like you tell me um, what you want me focused on. Yeah, um, like you said, like there's so many things you can do and as a marketing operations, person, of course, you know, there's a never ending task list or possibilities, I'm sure. And knowing that why helps you prioritize, as you mentioned. And so that brings me to something you mentioned in our conversation about like approaching your projects or your task as a marketing operations manager, as like a product manager, like product productization of the marketing ops role. So I'd, I'd love you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm I'm already using the analogy of like BSDR, demand gen, um, revenue marketing teams, content marketing teams as like my customers, and really um, to be more specific, like how can I view myself as basically a product manager mm -hmm. um, for all these different things that marketing operations can build? Um, so like a very important responsibility of a product manager is gathering the requirements and understanding like what the user stories are, what are the pain points are. So I can, if I'm not building it myself, I can commission a project or a product to help address these pain points. So like a product manager that is doing interviews of a, I don't know, with a customer advisory board. And we might learn that like, Hey, a common pain point that we have with a Panadoc is that we don't have like the best, like, redlining functionality or like it's not the best at like going back and forth in contract negotiations it's like all right what like what are you trying to do like how often um does this happen it's like all right maybe the product manager themselves like they're not going to develop a redlining functionality but they'll work with the dev team and delivering these requirements similarly like i might be perfectly fluent in how our lead routing rules work or how our lead qualification rules work so I, in this case, can be both like the one responsible for gathering the requirements. And also like, if I don't have the capacity, I can work with our marketing automation admin in updating our lead qualification rules because I've learned from the SDR team that they have a higher capacity to work lower quality leads. So when I look at these different products, right? Like right. whether it's lead qualification rules, lead routing, multi-touch attribution, like anything that falls under the possible like umbrella of marketing operations. One very large component about it is gathering requirements on it. But like if you want to really complete the analogy for um, being a product manager, part of this is like also kind of like marketing your yourself and marketing the work that you have. Like, like I mentioned before, I can build the best lead routing in the world, but like if my customer doesn't understand like why this is important, then who cares? Like, again, maybe I do, but like if um, I can deliver like, hey, we have a new lead routing tool that's gonna help us 
route leads faster. What this means is that your SDRs can improve the speed to lead and get higher conversions if they are making phone calls right away. Right. All right, then you're starting to market the product that you just built. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think like the last step in the analogy would be like, all right, tell me, like, what's wrong with lead routing? What, what's something that we can do better? How do we develop like a roadmap for lead routing, for reporting, for lead qualification, lead scoring that uh, we can maybe commit, <laughs> maybe even commit to and say like, all right, um, lead routing is great as is, but uh, something that we're learning is that we want to not just route leads within under five minutes, but we also want to enroll them into specific company size based cadences. All right, we can put that on the roadmap and then as we build it out or build out like um i should say itemize as we itemize the steps required to build out um this lead routing 2.0 that'll again help inform like what else am i prioritizing that against for like i don't know maybe lead scoring 2.0 um and the different items there and so when i go back to my customers like the sdrs and the demand gen team they know that like, all right, Jan's actively working on improving our cadence automation because we asked for it. So like when he does deliver for it, it's, you know, very welcome. So it's not just building something for the sake of building it. It's again, continuing to gather the requirements, define the user story, itemize the tasks, mm -hmm. and then remarket that, um, remarket what you built back to your customers internally. Yeah, it sounds like when you're working with your internal customers or SDR team that you're presenting this use case or like a better future with what you're presenting as far as this process and in the scenario lead scoring. Um, and is it usually like ahead of time you because you've built this trust and this relationship with your internal customer that they they believe that you're going to do what you're saying, or do you usually have to um, implement it and then kind of the proof is in the pudding? Um, more so the latter, um, because like I describe this process as if like, you know, this is, I defined this process um, when I uh, joined the operations team. But the reality is that like, and this is probably the case for most folks in, uh, operations, if you're not the first person in the door, uh, you're probably inheriting like a tech stack and inheriting like a lot of different uh, processes that exist, um, inheriting like a CRM with different workflows. Like, so a lot of it is going to be reactionary. Um, but like, so this whole process of like gathering requirements, defining user stories, like that's all process. What's most important above all is making sure that you are you're delivering for your customer and your customer's expectations are managed. In this case, the demand gen and SDR teams for me. So like, yeah, I didn't have, you know, the most perfect analogy or the most perfect like life cycle of a product down when I immediately joined marketing operations. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that like they had pain points, which is like, we have a pipeline goal that we need to hit. Is everything I'm doing at least laddering up and impacting the pipeline problem? then it's like, all right, then I'm probably on the right track for like what the priorities are. And if I'm ever confused, I can just ask them directly. Like, right. hey, I'm going to build out this. Is this something that's going to be useful? Because um, like, it takes a while to kind of take yourself from this reactive kind of almost back pocket admin role in operations mm -hmm. to be a more, um, what we say, lockstep, like kind of business partner with your sales and marketing teams. Yeah. And it so you were mentioning like it, it might take a while to get there. Is there anything in your experience or things you've learned from others? Like we're hearing that, you know, there's no, like you don't go to college for marketing operations. There's different communities and courses and trainings that are starting to pop up. But what has been your experience in getting into the operations world without necessarily having any technical training? Yeah, so a lot of the technical training and a lot of the like, um, call it skill requirements for being a successful like marketing operator, like a lot of that is like the how, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like how do I update a workflow in Salesforce or how do I build out a form and integrate that with Salesforce campaigns and HubSpot? Like 
it is very, very easy and to get just lost trying to learn all about the how. Um, I know like when I first started getting very familiar with Salesforce and our, in our different tech stack, like my inclination, especially again, being out of college is just like, all right, let me go take courses and like take tests and like try to, um, try to just like learn for the sake of learning, like how all these different components work. And like, I know for some folks, uh, that helps. Um, and I know for me, like I do retain like quite a bit from like the Mike Wheeler courses I took on Udemy for Salesforce, but like nothing's going to stick more than like understanding the why first, right? Yes. Like, why do I want to build out a process builder for Salesforce, um, like within Salesforce? Why do I want to build out a flow? It's like, well, it's because we want to um, properly report on the number of activities that we're uh, rolling into a lead for, for the SDR team. It's like, all right, why do we want to do that? Well, it's because I want to better coach my SDR team so we can, um, so we can hit our pipeline goals faster, so we can get ahead of hiring, so we know when to uh, appropriately resource an SDR on a PIB if they're not hitting their activities. If you can answer the why first, the how needs to come second. Like, yes. what this kind of gets summarized into is kind of learning to the task, but I don't think that phrase alone really captures how important it is to understand what the task is to begin with, uh, what the job to be done is, or what the user story is. So. I know for me personally, like learning like a lot of the automations in sales loft that came second to understanding, like, why do we need sophisticated cadences and cadence rules in sales loft? Um, it's like, well, I, as the manager manager, don't believe that we have the right, uh, conversions for our demo request page because we don't have a specialized cadence for it. I don't want to invest further in our paid channels if we're not going to have the right conversions. It's like, it's great because I, on the operations team, I don't want you to spend money on something that isn't converting well. Um, so it's like none of that has like any of that pretext of like, you need to learn how a cadence automation rule works. Right. But like learning all these different technicals and know-hows, those are all tools to answer the problem. But it always starts with what is the problem? What are the pain points that your customer has? So Yeah. It's so easy to learn to the task. I don't want to say easy. <laughs> you can learn a tool, right? And each tool is different. But if yeah. you have like the concepts and like you're saying the why behind, like that's going to be so easy as you grow in your marketing operations role or maybe even change roles or companies that might have different tools. You can take the why behind things and carry that over. And I think that's something that regardless if you're in marketing operations or just trying to learn anything, knowing the why before the how is so beneficial. And I know personally there's scenarios for me where someone can say you do this and you do this and you do this and just like copy and paste it, right? But when it comes time to do that, to copy and paste, but make a change, you get blocked. It's like, wait, I'm doing exactly the how, but now that I have to do something different, I don't really know the why. <laughs> and if you just start with the why, you can dig in to how you change the how. Yeah. And again, like not having a good sense on why, that's a, <laughs> that's a fantastic way to feel burned out, underappreciated, mm -hmm. uh, because like, it, like, you know, some some tasks in operations, it's not easy. And it's a lot of like, it's very, um, it's very, call it intellectually challenging and thinking through uh, these different problems and you can build out the best flow in the world. But if you can't deliver it to your internal customers, if the SDR and demand gen teams or the sales teams, whoever, don't really understand like why you're working on these things. The next step is like, how do I understand? Um, next step is like a sense of like, value you're bringing to the team as an operator it's not that you're not bringing value it's more so is that value understood and then if that value is not understood fantastic way to feel burnt out fantastic way to feel underappreciated so building that uh basically customer-like relationship with your internal teams is crucial to really uh i shouldn't say survive but really like thrive as an yeah. operator and scale as a team grow together as a team yeah and I think so much is asked of and is possible with this operations role. And to your point, like if you're just going through the motions, responding to tasks, just 
going through like that, that is exhausting. And so you want to feel valued. And I think a lot of people get into marketing because they want to be creative. They want to solve problems. They want to be challenged, but you want to be challenged in the right way. And kind of to your point earlier of like, when you got into marketing, you thought it was maybe ads or whatnot. And that's part of it. And some people might stop there and be like, oh, that's where the creativity stops or like, a, you know, what you see for a campaign. But there's so many ways to enable creativity by the processes and the operational setups. But you can also be creative, too, by by what you're creating on the, the operational side. Yeah. And like, I know I, you know, called myself like more analytically minded at the beginning of this right but like of course mm -hmm. you know having a creative outlet frankly i think that's important for anyone um i know at least for myself included and like sure you know it's not <laughs> it's not pretty to look at but like building out like a sophisticated like lead routing solution knowing that it's delivering results and knowing that it's solving like problems for people that i care about i mean that's fulfilling it in its own right um again it doesn't look like it, the best uh banner ad that your design team can come up with or have the snappiest like uh, copy, but it's bringing value. And I know it's bringing value because I went through that discovery process with my internal customers. And that, um, I, again, that's fulfilling for me. Yeah, and the, what's really nice too is, you know, there might be someone who's trying to implement or activate a creative idea, but without the operational side, like it can't happen. So you empower, uh, that creative solution. Yeah. And like, just like I mentioned earlier, like, and like my, especially when I was on the marketing team, my best marketing campaign is kind of at the mercy of like how good the SDR team can follow up on it. Mm -hmm. Likewise, like I have folks counting on me that like, Hey, I have like the best, um, like marketing campaign that I want to deliver. But if we don't have like the infrastructure, um, to support it, um, we'll kind of have to, you know, duct tape and grease it. Um, so not necessarily the most scalable solution. So there's also that aspect of like helping support these teammates delivered and their um, really execute on their superpowers of being creative and building out their marketing campaigns. Again, also fulfilling it in its own right. So yeah, I want to make a joke There's, here, and I'm not sure if I'm yeah. fully thinking it through. So if anyone's listening and can finish this joke for me, I want to make a joke around like, you know, if a, a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see it, you know, does it happen? And it's like if a marketing operations person builds a system or a workflow that sales doesn't use it, you know, did that even really happen? Probably a horrible joke, but uh, <laughs> if anyone can make it a good one, let me know. <laughs> I guess uh, similar to that, like before, before PandaDoc, and really this is more of like when I was in high school or in college, like I was a lifeguard before this, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I like to say that I've never made a rescue in like, as a lifeguard. And what that, and part of the kind of tongue in cheek way of saying it is like, that's because like, you want to make sure you prevent problems from happening in the first place. Um, so like, the best lifeguards look like they're not doing anything. Like there right. is no fire to fight, no rescues to be made. So similarly, like a lot of the marketing operations, it can happen behind the scenes, you know, just like your customers take the spotlight of like, yeah, they're building a pipeline, closing deals, bringing in uh, new channels. Like I know I can make my piece of the fact if I help made it happen. Um, if I'm in the spotlight for, for some reason that usually means like, all right, we're probably not doing something fast enough. We're probably not doing something uh, like bug free. <laughs> um, that usually means that like, all right, there's a fire to fight. And of course that doesn't go away in marketing operations ever, but um, I try to focus my efforts on making my own internal customers like take the spotlight, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always going to be a fire or, you know, something, something to handle some, some mistake to fix or, backlog issue. And, you know, at first it might feel good to fix those problems, but, you know, as you've been saying, like you want to be strategic, you want to be at the, you know, at the the beginning of something and not just fixing these things. I, like you were saying with your lifeguard experience, it would be ideal if, you know, there were no 
problems because everything was just done and thought of ahead of time. <laughs> um, yeah, I and do as I mentioned, nah, just as I mentioned, like it takes steps to get there, um, especially if you're a growing team. Like I know when I took on marketing operations, a lot of it was reactive. A lot of it was like, yeah. Um, but you start to pattern match, like, all right, what's, re what's reoccurring? How do I be more intentional and be more proactive and going to my customer first, asking them what they want before they even know to ask me for something? Yeah, so. and you can, I think there is value in learning and being reactive as well, especially you're saying like a newer person in the role or joining a, new, a newer or growing team is like, if you have little experience or different experience, um, you might learn by undoing things, starting from the end and seeing how it got there and how it could maybe be different. Yeah, and it's a it's a fast way to learn too, right? Like, um, you'll I know I had to learn our lead qualification process and our funnel attribution very quickly um, because that was subject to a lot of issues um, when Panadoc was really starting to scale our inbound channels. So uh, the issues help highlight what why I'm working on these things to, uh, to begin with. And it gave me the space to really just focus on a lot of these internal processes, um, a lot of these internal process builders and workflows that all build into our funnel attribution. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, growing team. And I want to go back to how you were hired as like a demand gen role by title and eventually came into the marketing operations role. So, Sure. How did you gain the marketing operations title? Did you speak up and say like, hey, this is this is actually what I'm doing. So let's put a name to it. Was there already a marketing operations team? Did you end up as a team of one? How did that transition happen? So strictly speaking, there was a marketing operations manager um, while I was still on the demand gen team. And I partnered with her quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that, like, yeah, there was a sense of, like, um, call it, uh, I don't know, to some extreme, like, a sense of, like, a, an identity crisis. Like, all right, I'm on the marketing team, but, like, a lot of what I'm doing is, like, I don't know, SDR enablement, a lot of, like, uh, operational things, a lot of, uh, I'm still writing email copy. I'm still, like, I don't know, for a while, like, I was designing banner ads even uh, because that's how small um <laughs> this uh, program's team was for a bit, but uh, there's a lot of like, again, identity crisis and not being sure of like what my role should be. I, I'd say it's demand gen, but really like I didn't really do anything with SEO or paid search. I was doing a lot of operational work, but like I kind of just took ownership of like being that cross-functional role and like kind of accepting the fact that like, all right, I am the guy to bridge like any marketing campaign or marketing idea and pulling that into the SDR team or pulling that, uh, or I should say following through with the SDR and sales team. Um, whether that was in the marketing team or the operational team, like that's the function it needs to fit. So I didn't, I didn't explicitly speak up and say, Hey, can I get my title changed to marketing operations? Mm -hmm. But when um, I joined the marketing ops, team it was at that time when we were being very intentional about centralizing a lot of our overall operational functions um, right so that includes our data science team that includes our salesforce admin that includes our broader biz ops team and of course sales ops marketing ops and customer success ops so when i was brought on i was brought on to because like i was already that kind of centralized cross-functional um team player between sales and marketing so it made it a natural fit. Um, and I know like there's a lot of uh, call it responsibilities that I had to drop when I, you know, more formally moved to marketing operations. So for example, your marketing operators no longer writing uh, email copy, but it did take a couple months to like, you know, step out of like, Hey, Jan, stop writing cadence copy. You work in the finance and operations team. But like, there is still a sense of like, well, I'm the only person that is and can do it for the time being so as the team grows and as i we build out the case of the marketing team it's like hey you need to hire an email marketing manager now like i can't be doing this anymore um that made it more and more uh, feasible to fall into a more traditional like marketing ops role so 
it's a bit of a roundabout answer, but like, yeah, it kind of happened again organically with like me being very cross functional. And for me, it was about being cross functional and understanding the value of being cross functional. Then it was about any like title or formality. Yeah, so, it seems like you're applying your how we were talking about the why and the how. Like, your job was more about why, like, what were you doing, and not so much of like what it was being called. <laughs> the goal. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like, I mentioned that this is my first role out of college and I was like, I don't know anything about demand generation. Sure. Like that sounds like something I'd want to do. I get there mm -hmm. and after a couple of months, I realize, all right, this isn't traditional demand gen work. It's the same thing with marketing operations. If you told me like, Jan, what you're doing was marketing operations all along. It's like, all right, I believe you. <laughs> um, like, cause I think even the industry itself is still trying to define like what, like what is marketing operations in its own right? And what should marketing operations be in the next five, 10 years? Because I know right. five, 10 years ago, like marketing operations wasn't, you know, looks nothing like this today, let alone like a formal course you can take in college. So, yeah, I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this question. So feel free to say you want to think about it before you give a firm answer. But do you have any opinions on what marketing ops should be and should not be? Um, as I do need to think about it, but <laughs> as I'm making it <laughs> hopefully clear, it should absolutely be a cross-functional role. Um, and if you're in marketing operations and you're not like interfacing directly with the SDR and demand gen teams, I mean, that's fine. Um, but like, I know to, if you want to become a more of a proactive partner and be kind of less reactive to a lot of, uh, you know, we say the phrase dumpster fires and reactive to like a lot of infinite flooding requests. I found that the best way to do that is to interface directly with the folks that you're serving. And frankly, this works with like, I know in smaller organizations when for a while it's a marketing operations team of one, mm -hmm. um, like it was for me. But I think mark operations, marketing operations should be cross-functional and what you'll find is that if you yourself um, in marketing operations aren't as cross-functional or as interfacing with the go-to-market teams, then ideally your manager or someone on your team is, so they can report back to you like what the broader context of what's the why on, why are we transitioning to Marketo or why are we procuring uh, lean data? So like, why are we building out these different uh, priorities? Because again, I know that's kind of crucial to feeling fulfilled and feeling a sense of like value and impact on my team, um, knowing the why behind everything. So that's the strongest, I think is what marketing ops should be. And if you're not directly, you should at least have a connection to uh, these broader teams and having these internal customers. Yeah. Um, what it should not be, um, again, kind of the opposite, like, so I know some folks do thrive in kind of uh, in this more like ticket taking kind of like administrative work um, and just kind of, again, like reacting to a lot of you, these uh, different requests that come in. But I think there's a lot of value, especially if you're in marketing operations that you can bring to the organization because you're the expert on the buyer's journey. You're the expert on the funnel operations. Um, can you bring those insights to the broader team and help focus the broader team on high impact initiatives? Um, and I know for me personally, I think that's something I would want to try in my uh, career at some point, like what's it like yeah. to be part of a much broader marketing operations team uh, rather than being this highly visible. But I know I'm uh, personally finding a lot of, uh, again, fulfillment in being this cross-functional. So, yeah. You mentioned that for some time you were a team of one. Are you on a bigger team now? Um, or what's what's that like for you currently? Yeah, so I know, I think early or late November, we hired a dedicated director of marketing operations who will help build out the broader marketing operations team. So I know I can help specialize into, I don't know, either focusing on demand gen or focusing on new channels or focusing on the content team having more teammates in seat will help me specialize um 
But even broader than that, um, I mentioned that there was uh, an intentional focus on centralizing a lot of the operations here at PandaDoc. Mm -hmm. um, so the broader BizOps team, under that, you have the RevOps team, and under that, you have the Marketing Ops team. Okay. The broader BizOps team as a whole is also growing. We're bringing on more Salesforce admins. We're bringing on more data scientists. So when I kind of return from interfacing with the demand gen team or the SDR team and say, hey, there's a need for some sort of like self-service Tableau dashboard that's super sophisticated, but it's going to solve these problems for the, for the team. It's not just the one marketing operator show to build this out. I can rely on our resources on the data science team. I can rely on our resources and the marketing automation team if right. uh, we're doing something sophisticated with uh, lead scoring or lead routing um, or really like form attribution. So that's kind of where this product manager um, kind of analogy really leans in where how does RevOps, that subsection of BizOps, kind of act as the product managers and work directly with the developers and engineers in the broader BizOps team. So we're getting more firepower in our developer and engineering team, uh, in our data science and systems team. Um, so that team is growing. And as Pandadoc grows as a whole, we're we're all learning how to be better product managers, how to better right. gather requirements so we can translate it into more sophisticated, higher impact uh, products for the Pandoc team. Yeah. And so the marketing operations team reports up to the BizOps teams, correct? Correct. And the BizOps right. team reports into the broader finance and operations team. Okay. And whenever you were originally hired, you were in the demand general and that was specifically the marketing team. Yeah, that laddered all the way up into the VP of marketing um, and ultimately to the CRO. So. Okay. Yeah. I think it's always interesting. There's the conversation around like, where does marketing ops report to, or where do they fit in into the, the organization? Yeah. Like a lot of this uh, talk and a lot of this uh, like ideas of being cross-functional, I think that's easier in a centralized um, operations function. Um, as I usually introduce myself to new marketing teammates or new sales teammates, I always say that my accountability is to the funnel and corporate strategy first. Mm -hmm. And that happens by me helping you. Um, right. uh, I know when I was reporting directly into the marketing team and doing like operations work, um, it was tough to be um, <laughs> as explicit as saying like, Hey, yeah, I, report directly into the, uh, I should say my accountability is to the operating plan first, because obviously my accountability is to my boss, whose accountability right. might be to an MQL number. MQL number is great and all, but does that have an impact if we're not seeing that through the pipeline? So even though a lot of my focus was on generating pipeline and hitting the operating plan, it wasn't perfectly laddered up into like my direct uh, manager's uh, goals were. It, it was fine to, you know, kind of Accept that because we were a smaller team, and of course, we built a lot of trust with each other. But um, functionally, it again made more sense for myself to be on a centralized team. Yeah. So I've never, I've never had the opportunity to formally experience being a marketing operator rolling into like a marketing team, um, other than like my many hats experience uh, right. earlier in the life cycle of the company. Yeah, um, we are hitting about the 10 minute mark until we'll officially end the event. So I would just love to remind everyone, if you have any questions, would love um, to continue uh, the chat with questions from the audience, but also I'd love to know if you're in a marketing oper operations role or not, um, how does your company uh, handle marketing operations and, and where you report to? Um, one thing I do want to ask in the event that some questions come in, I want to get this one in, Jan, is that you mentioned to me that you might not necessarily be the perfect data scientist, but you know how to take information from your data team to your sales team or other departments who might need that information. So 
Um, how, how do you approach that with, you know, you might not fully be this data scientist, but you know that you need to help tell this story or support your different teams. Yeah. So I think I used the example of like, Hey, we're building out the data science team and that's going to give um, myself the opportunity to deliver a higher impact, more potent um, projects or products uh, back to the organization. So it's helpful for me to understand like a background or have a background in data science. So I can understand whether a product or a user story or a request is out of scope or just straight up impossible uh, sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but the, when I turn around to the more focused, more explicit data science team and I say, Hey, the business needs this kind of reporting. I'm the one that's equipped with a lot of the why and the impact of like why we're building this. It's like, hey, we need we need a specific dashboard that uh, tracks our lead scoring migration. The reason being is because we have the engagement marketing team launching all these different workflows, and they're trying to understand their impact when it's not directly pipeline related. So right now, their impact is in improving the lead scores of our existing database. Is there a way that we can report on this? I know just out of scope, yeah, we can do this, but we'll you'll take time to build for, for a data scientist. But when the data scientist um, builds out like such a dashboard, it's my responsibility to like take this product that we built and basically market it back to the engagement team and say like, hey, we built this and this is what you want. This is gonna solve the problems that you listed off to me uh, earlier in the sprint. So it's important for me to have context of like what's scope and what's possible as a data scientist, mm -hmm. but um, the information that I'm carrying is going to be around the, a lot of the business context and right. a lot of the impact and how that rolls into the marketing team's OKRs. Yeah. Always coming back to that why and that goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so it doesn't look like we have any questions coming in. You still have a chance if, if you want to ask a question, but... Uh, Jan, is there anything that, uh, any topics or comments that you want to make sure that you share before we finish our episode today? Yeah, I guess, um, again, maybe <laughs> maybe I can phrase it as a disclaimer, but as I mentioned, like, this is like my first role out of college, right? Yeah. And I think kind of like the startup way um, is like kind of inventing the engine as you drive the car I find that to be true, like with marketing operations itself, like a lot of what, the work that I'm doing, I feel, I know just me personally, I'm fulfilled in what I'm doing, but like, it might not be the perfectly correct way to run marketing operations, but this is how it's done at Panadoc. And here's the value that I found. Uh, so call it a disclaimer. Um, and this is what I've been calling marketing operations. And this is what Panadoc has been calling marketing operations. So um, I know the industry is wide and I know the industry is also learning and developing what these different centralized operations teams look like. So just <laughs> wanted to be cognizant of that. Yeah. You say disclaimer, but I like, I would like to uh, reposition it as like a statement of um, not hope, but for those of us or others who might deal with like imposter syndrome, or am I really doing this? And I think MOPS is big and just, we hear it time and time again of being curious and figuring it out. And I think even though you say like you started directly out of college, I think there is a benefit to that, of that hunger and that curiosity and just wanting to do it and support. So I think, you know, where I say hope is, um, you know, no matter where you're at in your journey, there's a way to get into marketing ops and just be curious and be cross-functional and see where you can help. I'm seeing like, I love that Zach just commented, like, this isn't a question, but, you know, he had a very similar path to you. And we're seeing that people are having a lot of similar paths saying, falling into marketing ops, being pushed into marketing ops, doing something and being like, hey, wait. I think this is operational. So um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for sharing that, Jan. And thanks for sharing that, Zach. Yes, curiosity is key. Yeah, I don't think there's any there's any kid out there that's like blowing out the birthday candles and saying like, hey, I wish I was in marketing operations when I grow older. Um, not that the role isn't glamorous, but more so like, I know I didn't 
realize that this kind of role and function existed uh, back when I was in college, um, let alone, you know, even younger than that. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I went to school for advertising um, and did not know that this was a role until very recently. And um, in that agency that I was at before, we had someone who had um, a specific title that definitely was not operational. But in when I got into the tech space, uh, had this aha moment of, oh, everything that she was doing is operations. And now she's a she's in sales operations. Uh, and it, she worked for a tech company and then moved into um, consulting. So. Um, let's see. Zach is asking, do you think there's a shortage of MOPS professionals these days? What, what is your thought on that, Jan? Um, I don't know about, I mean, I think like strictly speaking, when we say shortage, that kind of implies that like there's a high demand. Mm -hmm. um, and there's definitely a high demand for folks in marketing operations. Um, but like when you think of, uh, call it the more supply side, I think a lot of folks can and are capable of running a cross-functional role uh, with technical mm -hmm. requirements similar to marketing operations than we might realize, um, especially like those that are in marketing already, they might be, they have like the knack or the soft skills to be in marketing operations and can apply for a more formal marketing operations role. So part of the challenge is like understanding what is marketing operations, right? Right. And part of the challenge is also understanding what is marketing operations for Panadoc? What is marketing right. operations for Madkudu? What is marketing operations for this next company? Because it might be a centralized function. It might be a function that rolls into the marketing team. It might be a function where you're more focused on, uh, I don't know, HTML and CSS and formatting emails versus a function that's more focused on something like mine, where you're doing a lot of project management versus a marketing ops role that's focused on, I don't know, uh, campaign operations or data science or data analytics. So just a lot of too many specializations that you can take marketing operations. So it's kind of this paradox of like, since there's so many specializations in marketing operations, a lot of folks can take on the, you know, more formal title of marketing operations. But when you're very specific about what a company needs mm -hmm. uh, from a marketing ops professional, then you start to really tighten your pool and tighten the audience that can help you. Um, so a bit of a roundabout way of answering. Yeah. Um, but like part of the challenge is again, being very specific with what kind of marketing operations, uh, professional do you need on your team, especially given the stage, the type of business you're in, industry, how large your sales and marketing teams are. Um, there's a lot of different variables that can craft a very specific marketing ops persona that you need. Yeah. I think you hit on two things there from, you know, we're still trying to define what marketing operations is, and it, it means a lot of things to different people. And it, Again, like how you said, it depends what your company needs and how how you approach being cross-functional and having this holistic team mindset. Um, and I, I agree with you that, you know, in short, there is a shortage. And I think it's because, you know, we are seeing more people fall into these roles or realizing they're doing it. But also at the same time, as more marketing operations professionals are speaking up of the need for the role or even the burnout, I think leadership or organizations or marketing departments, whatever, are noticing that they need these roles. So these positions are opening up and there's more positions, positions opening up than people being like, okay, this is the path I want to be in or that I realize I'm going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, can't. <laughs> I, and uh, I think that's been very evident in these past couple of years, with especially like working remote, like the options are really wide with where you can take your career. Yeah. Um, so we are reaching time, but Jan, before we sign off, um, if anyone would like to connect with you or maybe ask some of their questions one-on-one, -on -one, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. And especially if you, you know, preface your connection request, more than happy to connect. Um, otherwise, like there aren't that many, you know, Jana clans, especially at Panadoc on LinkedIn. So hopefully I'm not too hard to find. Yeah. 
Well, Jan, this was a great conversation. I enjoyed having you today. Um, if you would like to join us for next week, we hope you do. We have Courtney with Mustang um, Martech. So she is a marketing operations consultant. So if you're interested in um, the consulting side of things, she'll have some great insights. So everyone have a wonderful rest of your day. And thanks for joining. See y'all later. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Bye.